Be a part of the Fredericton Freeze women's basketball team's $100 from 100 fundraising campaign. The Maritime Women's Basketball League team is seeking $100 from 100 businesses for their 2024 operating expenses. Email fredertonfreezemwba at outlook.com or fredertonfreeze.ca for details. It's a Fredericton treat on the north side and a proud supporter of the Late Scratches podcast, covering sports of all sorts in the Fredericton region. Dixie Lee has been serving our loyal customers for decades at 115 Gibson Street. Our staff is always ready to serve up your favorites at Dixie Lee for dine-in or takeout options. We know you have plenty of choices for food fuel, but we hope Dixie Lee is on your list. Call us at 455-8800 or better yet, come on in to Dixie Lee. Hi, and welcome to Late Scratches Episode 9. A new ad in there, Brad. I, I think you yeah. must have must have wrote that one, did you? I did not, but uh, Dixie Lee uh, jumping on board and uh, the street named after you. Yes, I, I like that tagline, covering sports of all sorts. I wrote that down when I when I heard it there in the ad. That's I might a, have had a little play in that, yeah, but that's, that's okay. Uh, covering sports yeah. of all sorts. I think that should be what we go with, covering sports, sports of, of all, all sorts. sorts. Perfect. A new tagline has just been created. Uh, so we welcome, did not rehearse that. No, welcome back to the uh, to the downtown Marysville studio. It's been a while. Uh, last week, our lives collided with the schedules smashed, like life and uh, sports and everything else. So yeah, we, uh, Halloween threw us a curveball well, too. Yeah, it always throws me a curveball, but however. But uh, yeah, so we're we're back on track and uh, trying to make up for lost time. So let's get started with what's really important. How's the foster dog? Oh boy. Uh, right off the hop, uh, yeah. So we're uh, we fostered a Saint Bernard puppy who came from an abusive uh, home, and I've learned a new term. It's called foster failure. And uh, Ellie May's been with us coming up on three weeks now, and uh, yeah, she's staying. Uh, my wife told her to unpack her bags last night. So uh, yeah, it's just uh, an amazing pull at the heartstrings. And I know you're an animal lover, and uh, a lot of them out there, and. Uh, uh, from the SPCA and we just we wanted to get her out of there and just in terms I mean it's a great organization but just it's it's it's, it's a tough goal right now for the Frederick and SPCA so we wanted to do our part and <laughs> lo and behold uh, St. Bernard lap dog falls in our lap. Yeah I uh, I understand the the foster failure when when I got my cat it was supposed to be a can you look after it for a short time so I had a Facebook gallery that was you know Willie the foster cat Conveniently live on Foster Street, so it quickly right. got renamed yes. Willie the Foster Street Cat um, once he arrived here. And uh, no, congratulations on the on the new addition to, to the family. I know, uh, I know. I saw her briefly in the window when I stopped by. It takes up a lot of space um, in that yeah, window. Uh, last week, and you know, just that one uh, uh, that one glimpse. Uh, you know, to borrow a line from I think it was a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I wanted to love her and hug her and squeeze her <laughs> exactly. and call her George right away. <laughs> that's like, what happened. Like, Ellie uh, May, it is. Yeah, Ellie Ellie May. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, oh, that's thank great. you. Yeah, empty nesters from the children's uh, point of view and uh, house full of dogs. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a good thing to do, it is. and uh, certainly um, the SPCA always uh, happy. I'm sure to have have uh, folks adopt and donate as well. Absolutely, hundred percent. And it's uh, it's it. I don't know. You could, we could talk about pets all night long. We, we could, but uh, let's get into a little bit of sports. I know you said we weren't here last week. We were doing a whole bunch of other things. Sports. Uh, sports, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know 
Um, we finally got someone from Manitoba. I'll, I'll get that in right Perfect. away. Perfect, nice. So that's good. So we've covered Manitoba. We picked up a couple other weird countries too. Okay. So I'm not not, not, sure, <laughs> sure. not sure where those folks are coming yeah. from, but uh, thanks to those folks that are out there listening and do pass along, uh, uh, you know, their thoughts on the podcast uh, near and far. And I know uh, when I was out, I had folks just come up to me and say how much they're enjoying it. And, uh, you know, it just makes me want to keep going and keep doing what we're doing here. So um, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, why don't we just dig into the Red Wings first off? Oh, sure. Uh, um, yeah, the Chameleons. Yes. Uh, uh, you just don't know what you're going to get. Uh, last Thursday, a winnable game at home against Camelton. Lost that, had to get up, hit the road to Yarmouth. I mean, you're leaving Fredericton to Yarmouth for a game that night in a hostile arena against one of the league's best teams, the Maritime Hockey League's best teams, and they Fredericton whacked them 6-1. And then Saturday night, 24 hours later, go to the Valley to play the Wildcats, the league's worst team, and give up seven, lose seven, six. So it's it's just, uh, I'm sure the players are frustrated. I'm sure management's frustrated. It's like, you know, will the real Red Wings please stand up? Um, the old Slim Shady line. Uh, talent's there. Just got to put it together. Yeah, um, real, really hard team to figure out. I know when we talked about it the first of the year, scoring a ton of goals, and then the goal scoring kind of went away. And then this weekend, they scored 12, goal, 12 goals in two games, only come away with one win. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you looked at it, uh, you go in and, and you whack Yarmouth, and you're like, wow, you, now we've got a chance for a four-point bulge. And uh, just gave up uh, too many goals. And if you're giving up seven, it's, it's tough to win in that league. And, uh, so now they get back uh, back at it on uh, Thursday. Yeah, and a special night uh, Thursday, uh, Buster Harvey night, and also Military Appreciation Night. So some special stuff uh, going on around that. I know there are special jerseys uh, that look you know pretty sharp. Pretty as well. sharp, and uh, I've said a number of times, Roger Shannon and his Red Wings crew put on the best pregame performances you can imagine, and it's uh, this is all out, and certainly uh, a special time of year around Remembrance Day and everything, so uh, the Wings will be doing that up Thursday. Yeah, no question. Um, I'll be there for you covering yes, you that are. one. So, yep, yeah, filling little, in for me. Fill in there for me on the Red Wings, my first Red Wings game. Uh, I've done a few of the St. Thomas women's hockey games already, um, and, you know, they're... Uh, they're looking pretty good. The, they the are. Stu women uh, lost in the Battle of the Hill last week. My first time not attending a Battle of the Hill. I've been to lots of them, both men's and women's hockey, men's hockey back in back in the day, uh, and women's hockey a few times. But uh, first time actually announcing one, and there's a little level of excitement there for sure when when UMB comes into the building at oh, Grand Harvey Center. If both schools are competing, uh, it's great. And I go back to the days of Stu and UMB, uh, and men's especially when uh, both teams were very strong and. Man, you could, uh, you know, the the fans that filed into both arenas at LB, LBR was uh, oh, nothing, nothing like Rum Row, was it? <laughs> Not that I had ever visited. <laughs> <laughs> always working, always professional giving. Of course, of course. Um, so, yes, yeah, Stu went on to beat uh, Mount A, um, I think in a shootout um, in their other game of last weekend. Um, so they're firmly in third place. Um, in that circuit, which is, you know, that's a great spot to be. Yeah, it's, uh, especially with, that, uh, with the break coming, with exams not that far away, right? So it's uh, get as many points as you can now and then uh, get ready for the second half. Yeah, they are on the road this weekend uh, at at St. Mary's. Uh, my cat's making a visit here, folks, right, right on cue, of course. Willie, Willie, um, Willie. And at U to M. Um, and then they're back home November 18th, 19th. Uh, so at 6-2-1, as I say, 13 points. 
in third place. That's yeah. that's, that's good. Fredericton home to to UMB and St. Thomas, two uh, really solid AUS schools on the ice. It's great to see. And uh, on the women's side, UMB's out in front, eight and two, uh, beat St. Thomas four two, as we talked about in the Battle of the Hill. Um, uh, but uh, then lost for the second time this season to UDM. UDM, yeah, weird. And sometimes you go through a season like that where somebody just has your number and uh, for whatever reason, the Les Aigles Bleus have a formula that's uh, that's haunting UNB here in the first half. Uh, on the, the other side of the ledger there for UNB on the men's side, I've heard people whispering about that team maybe not losing this year. 10-0 to start out. It's too early to say not going to get beat, isn't it? Yeah, there's some good teams in there, especially on the road. But uh, UMB's winning it in blowouts, and they're winning the tight games. Um, just Gardner-McDougall and, and, and that program's amazing. The resilience factor, they keep reloading every year, bringing uh, players in that just uh, fit in seamlessly. And, uh, you know, you hear that thing, well, I remember the conversation, well, I'm not going to go to the game tonight because UMB is going to win. But to see that team in flight, uh, and I know a bunch of us are going on the 18th, uh, looking forward to that, just to, to see this club and have some personal connections with the team as well, with fathers of sons that are playing. So uh, it, it's kind of neat. And it's just every year. And, and spoiled maybe, but uh, I'm sure the Reds don't think they're spoiled. They still have to go out and do it. 52 goals for, 13 goals against <laughs> over 10 games. Crazy, crazy. And they've had some major blowouts and, and some good comebacks too, some exciting games at the AUC. So uh, and pick your poison what you want to go see in Fredericton. It's been a pretty good year, a pretty good fall. Uh, a lot of talented teams around. And that's uh, not just on the ice either, at the basketball court. And you, you had your first volleyball match on the weekend as well. So, uh, And yeah, that's just the tip of the proverbial iceberg. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff going on uh, for sure. Men's hockey at UNB already up seven points on X and UDM. Uh, they go at Dal and out at X this weekend, so that, that's a tough. It's a tough road trip when you get Dal in your in your or Dal your first game and X in your your second game. Yeah, I'd like to reverse that. Yeah, a you'd like bit. to reverse that. Yeah. I would think. Uh, and then they're back home as you mentioned on the seventeenth and eighteenth, uh, back at the uh, Aiken University Center. Way they go. So that's a lot of hockey to start us out. <laughs> it is a lot of hockey. And there's probably more we could talk about in hockey as well, I think. Well, uh, and speaking, uh, we're hoping uh, to tape next week, speaking of hockey, with yes. some very special guest. I'm not even going to try a Scottish accent because I'll just butcher it. But uh, Tom Coolen, head coach of the Fife Flyers in Scotland. And uh, it's been, uh, anybody that knows Cooley, it's, it's been quite an adventure to, to track him down. Well, it's easy to track him down. It's a matter of pinning him down. So they're four hours ahead. So we're hoping to do an afternoon taping with uh, with Tom Coolen, the head coach of the Fife Flyers. I think that would be his 67th team that he's been head coach of. And I don't think that's a hyperbole. No, I don't think that's a hyperbole either. <laughs> he's coached a lot of teams. Has he ever. Uh, so high school hockey, I went looking for information didn't come up with very much at all, but you told me just on the way in, um, you heard who won the Miramichi tourney. Yeah, Fredericton High Black Cats beat uh, Cité des Jeunes Republicans of Edmonston 3-1 in the final of that game. So that uh, Western Conference is getting ready to start uh, pretty soon, uh, if not this weekend. And uh, so, yeah, FHS gets a, gets a good start uh, on Miramichi. Um, the other hockey note I have is on uh, Southern Hockey League, the Tri-County Express. Struggling. First of all, can you name the Tri-Counties? Tracy, Fredericton Junction. They're not counties. They're not counties? No. Oh, that's right. Fredericton County is a village. No, uh, I should know. Go ahead. 
Educate me. Well, there's York and there's Sunbury. Okay. They're two of the three counties. Yeah, why would I say counties? Like, there's my geographical mind. And I think Queens right. is the third. Queens is the third? Queens would be the third, I think, that of Tri-County. Trico. Yeah. And as you can tell, geography, not my best uh, class, that's for sure. Yeah, I have Ask a me little, some English I, and history I, I, questions, I a, will you? I have a little thing for geography, as you know, <laughs> yes, when I, when I, I do. Find, find a neat little place name. <laughs> yeah, you're all over I, it. I, always, I have to go yeah. go look that up. So I just yeah. thought a little quiz that I throw in the middle yeah. for you there. Well, the Express yeah. are struggling, there's no doubt, in the Southern League. That's three teams, well, two teams in the St. John area, one in Grand Bay, Westfield, one in St. John, one down in Blacks Harbor, Charlotte County, St. Stephen. Um, and you have to do, it, it's tough. It's a tough grind. There's some talent out there at the senior level and... Uh, you know, Tri County maybe a little late um, getting everything going in terms of securing yeah. players, uh, and and you have to have that core players probably of two lines, three D, and a tender, uh, just right off the hop. So they're getting an education in uh, senior hockey, uh, building of a senior hockey team. There's players out there, trust me, um, but the player has to be motivated to play at that level. Uh, for sure, and I uh, I had a short conversation with uh, with Tugboat. Uh, talk about Mitchell, and he uh, he says there's a lot going on out there. As you said, they're they're struggling out of the gate. Uh, one thing to mention, they do have a Chase the Ace uh, draw on, and I think I saw the number that's approaching fifty six hundred or close okay, to six thousand nice. dollars in in the Chase the Ace jackpot. So check out their Facebook page for that. You don't have to be in attendance uh, to win that either. So um, check that out. I think Thursdays are the draw, maybe Fridays, but, uh, yeah, check out, check out the Tri-County Express Tri-County Facebook Express. page and, uh, get out to the Tri-County Complex. There you go. There you go. And, uh, Grand Lake, the Sturgeons, uh, also play out of Minto in that circuit. So yes. if you have a taste for senior hockey and there was a day when senior hockey was king, um, it's a long way from that at this point, but, uh, at least the league is developing and there is a place to play. Uh, for these players yeah, after their I, I can remember as a real youngster going to York Arena for senior hockey. This was before Jerry Fleming jumped to the <laughs> baby Habs when Jerry Jerry Fleming was... That's right, Metro Alpine. Uh, yeah. Credit to Metro Alpine. Yeah, that the was... The famous uh, Ivan Votor incident at the Aiken University Center where he tried to tear down the partition between the benches. I, and I think he probably could have. Uh, yeah, he was a monster. Yeah. And Ivan's a longtime friend of mine too, and that's uh, that was a pretty memorable night. Yeah, the best hockey fight that I ever saw, and I was at the time I was doing camera for it, uh, was Jerry Fleming and Rudy Poshek. Rudy Po, there's a name from the past. Moncton um, Hawks. They Moncton went Hawks. at it for a long time. Hmm. Uh, it's one I might have to actually look up on on the internet someday. Yeah, here's another to, one for you, just to see if that uh, that exists. Check Rocky Thompson and Frank Bialois. That would probably be uh, and and Barry Nykar and Dennis Bonvi uh, be two other guys. Yes, that, uh, they're they're that some uh, pretty good scraps. Prolific scrappers. Are we allowed to sure. talk about fighting in hockey these days, or well, is it we you just, know, we just, we just did. Did. there's no yeah. no okay. no rules here, yeah. and we talk about sports of all sorts. There we go, sports of all sorts, just like our presenting sponsor, Dixie Lee. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so that I, that covers off everything I had written down uh, for hockey, which. And all we're 15 minutes in, and all we've talked about is hockey. So right. there's, there's quite, a, quite a bit there. Um, let's touch on uh, a little bit of volleyball now to, to just to change it up sure. totally completely for something that's yeah. not super familiar for us. Well, um, I think, and this is kind of where we're, we're finding the stories and, and, and subjects that um, you know have been missing, and kind of the reason we started this, and we've yep. talked about it quite a bit. But I do want to congratulate Sarah Glynn. 
she's a 6'2 outside hitter, uh, graduated. She went to a Cole St. Anne here in Fredericton, uh, went to the University of Waterloo, where she was just an absolute star in Ontario University Athletic, uh, you know, almost 1,000 kills in her career. Uh, All-Canadian, uh, leader in kills all time at Waterloo, just uh, an amazing player. And she's taken that next step and is playing pro in Finland. Um, Arctic Volley is the name of the team, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's Rovaniemi, Finland. Um, and her dad, Mark, and his wife and uh, Sarah's mom went there, and it's nine hours from Helsinki north. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Like Santa Claus is probably hitting that place first in a little over a month from now, but uh, she's loving it. There's uh, her, I believe, uh, an American and a, and a uh, uh, player from France, uh, three imports, and they got to see some volleyball there and, and, and watch their daughter play. So it's a pretty cool story, somebody from Fredericton just taking that next step at, at 23 and saying, you know what, I'm going to try this. So so good honor. And that's a volleyball crazy part of the world. Oh, absolutely. It is. And that's, I mean, they have that, I think it's like a 12-team circuit, pro yeah. circuit up there and uh, or over there. And, uh, you know, she signed a one-year deal. Um, and why not if it, if it's, uh, it, it's about having an adventure at, at that age, because when you're 33, you can't do it, but, right. uh, why not take advantage of it now? Yeah. You, you know, I'm not much for leaving New Brunswick, but I'm imagining how amazing that drive would be. That would be quite a haul. And, and uh, as Mark said, uh, her dad just, you know, they, they did it as tourists. They land in Helsinki and, and drive and make their way through They didn't gun it right to, uh, right to Rovaniemi, Rovaniemi, I guess it is. Um, so yeah. Make time of it. Willie wants my water real bad. He does. My cat's trying to get into Brad's water yeah. here, so we're trying yeah. to defend. <laughs> Fend off the wild cat. Um, other volleyball action. I had my first uh, volleyball match of the year at St. Thomas. The women opened here at home after winning uh, at Crandall. They lost uh, to Mount St. Vincent. Uh, not a super efficient match for them on, on the attack. Mount St. Vincent looked pretty good. Uh, they're home again this Sunday to Crandall. That was a five-Saturday in Crandall, so this would be another match there. Uh, that should be entertaining. And the men uh, open their home season as well after they won at Crandall. So Crandall men, a new addition to the ACAA yeah. volleyball circuit. So it's good to see up, more, up to five teams, teams there in. now. Right. It's a little, a little, uh, a little better than playing a team five times in a season. Which I talked to a couple of the uh, men's volleyball uh, players that were in the gym on on Sunday for the for the women's match, and they said the the, you know, the variety will be better. Oh, yeah. So after you play somebody five times, you it gets you, old. You kind of know how the right. match is going to go, and yeah, you don't necessarily want to be there. And then you got to play them again in the playoffs after already playing them, you know, five or six times. So that's uh, that's pretty busy. Um, might as well stay with volleyball and UNB women's volleyball three and one in the conference split split three o three o matches with Dow on the weekend. So that's a weird uh, weird score when you think about it, isn't it? You win three o and then you lose three o. You lose three o. It, it is odd. I was following the scores of that as well, and just uh, and that's the beauty of sport, and that's the beauty of a competitive league on any given night. They are home to UDM on Sunday the twelfth. Is their their next uh, home match? Uh, men's volleyball, they are two and four in conference. They split matches at Dal uh, on the weekend uh, as well. Uh, and they host Sherbrooke uh, the 17th and 18th at the Curry Center. It's going to be, I think, a busy week weekend uh, around the city, that 17th and 18th. We said that a lot already, and we're a couple weeks out from that. 
And it's just even going into a, a long weekend. Uh, this weekend, there's plenty to choose from all oh. over the map, too. So, yeah, I mean, it is going to be a run. And then once December starts, of course, the university season slows down. But then the interscholastic season really kicks in, uh, particularly in basketball. Um, and that's when all the recruiters uh, come to town to uh, to the Lion's Den, to uh, uh, Cotter Classic, uh, just locally, uh, yeah. and a bunch of other tournaments. So it's it's going to be quite a run. Yeah, there's the, there's a lot a uh, lot happening, um, and you've gone there, so we might as well uh, flip our attention over to basketball now. Sure. Uh, stay Dribble at, away. Stay at the university level. Um, how about the UNB women, number seven nationally? Rankings come out. We're taping this on Tuesday. Uh, Aaron McAleen and squad, 4-0, going into a couple of key games with UPEI this weekend at home. A big crowd there. I was there Saturday. Um, it's great to see the people coming out for the for the women and the men. Um, you know, both teams are offering excitement, that's for sure. But it's uh, at 4-0, that's a pretty good start. Uh, you know, Erin, a lot have been made about her coming home, essentially, to uh, New Brunswick. And uh, as that team firing right now, they can put up some points and they can defend. Yeah, no question. Uh, I was there Friday night, saw, saw the first, uh, first home game, so their home opener. In fact, and uh, you know, great touch by Aaron wearing her father's that jacket. Cool. That was yeah. that was pretty cool. I was sitting uh, sitting beside Bill Hunt, of course, friend of the podcast, and probably most, if not all, of our listeners as well would be a friend of Bill Hunt. Um, and we were sort of looking, thinking, "What's that jacket?" And I said, "That looks like looks like from where I'm sitting, looks like it says Red Raiders." And yeah, still stand uh, up today, yeah, like yeah, you still, wore that bad boy downtown, you'd be a hit. Yeah, absolutely, no question. So I, I thought that was great, and uh, you know, Peter McAleen and uh, and, and and wife. Um, in the stands, just yeah. you know, a couple rows uh, behind the UNB bench as well. So, and, and that has to be amazing for that family as well, because Aaron's yeah. coached at York and, and out west on two stints, uh, Lethbridge and, and UBC, and now she's what seventy five minutes away uh, in a you know in a tremendous uh, facility, and uh, yeah, everything's going good. It's a it's a good story. Yeah, uh, no question, it's a good story. Um, UNB men, they're two and two, lost. Twice at X, the first one was close. Uh, second one, not quite as close. And then they beat Munn twice here at home. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of shame in losing at X. Tough place to play in that barn, I'll tell you. Uh, tough, play, tough place <laughs> it's to play. It's a great university and, facility. You know, they were um, you know, probably, one of, probably the top handful of teams in the country last year. Some people say they thought they were the best. They didn't win it. Um, if my memory serves, they did not win. Uh, lost in a final, I think. Right, X, yeah. if I if I recall. Uh, yeah, but, and we had talked about X and, and Dow, you know, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, being you know the prohibitive favorites in that league, and that's going to be a fun one to watch too. Oh, uh, a, a ton of fun, and as you say, the the both UNB basketball teams, they run out a ton of talent. Um, they're both fairly deep, and they're they're entertaining to watch. Uh, my my view, a little bit, the men get into. A little bit too much one-on-one by times is the individual skill game. There's a lot of that, of course, at the, that AUS uh, men's level. But uh, when they get the basketball moving, they're tough. Yeah, the physicality is fun too. Yeah, the like, phys- uh, yeah that's for sure. it's not for the faint of heart, and uh, that's that's what I enjoy watching. Yeah, no, no question. It's a uh, it's a tough, tough, tough league, uh, uh, and fun there. Um, might as well go over to uh, to Stew basketball. Uh, but before we do that, just say that you've already mentioned the UNB uh, home um, to UPI November 11th, uh, 10th and 11th. Unbelievable to say this, but that's the last home games of the first semester. Yeah, it's crazy. We talked with that Katie Butts, all yeah. the lead up, the preseason tournaments, the games. 
and then the first half is over in a blink. Yeah. And I remember, you know, too, like even at the interscholastic level, you would go hard, go hard, go hard. After Christmas, you have the exams in January, and then it was always the Fitz game locally. Yeah. Uh, then the Riverboat, and then the Dairytown, and then boom, you're into uh, playoffs. So it, it just, it's amazing how quickly you, you wait for it, you wait for it, and then it's here, and then it's like, oh my God, this thing's running out of time. Yeah, I looked at that. Um, the Lady Black Hats have their schedule posted. Remarkably few home games when you take out the, the, the Cotter Classic, particularly from back in what I remember where it seemed every Friday night there was another school from around the province coming in to play. You do like that consistency, yeah, right? Do, you do, talked do, about the yeah, Royals, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Friday night lights uh, in, the, in the summer. And it, it is nice if you, if you know you're going there Friday. But again, it is a competitive schedule with all the university games on Friday as well. So that can be tough. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Oromocto High Blues are back in the AAA girls circuit with Leo Hayes and FHS. How's that? Yeah, you kind of leave me speechless there. Cause, <laughs> there you go. Because I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I don't want to. It's been be, a while since yeah, OHS. Yeah, been it's at been a while, and, and and if they they're legitimately able to compete at that level, great. Right. I think that's it a, does a, expand one, it, a that's wonderful sure. thing. It expands it, and and more games, particularly a two team right. division or whatever it is, you know, conference, whatever it's called, that FHS and Leo Hayes are in just never really made sense to have a two-team it, league. But. It never made sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. And then you look down the highway at St. John, and there's seven or eight, right? something like that, yeah. if you count them all up. And that's all, you know, you have the game caps and everything, yep. and, and Saint, especially in the south, they're playing each other. There's so many teams down there that you're, a lot of your schedule is eaten up, so you can't have the opportunity to play uh, teams from out of province as much or Moncton because of the cap, game yep. cap. And then you see it's you know leo hayes and fhs they're everywhere in in tournaments because that's how they how they get uh, get the games in but um yeah so that's unbelievable uh, um over to stew basketball uh stew men three and one uh they've won versus sj at holland college and at ukc uh but lost and lost in a big way to mount st vincent on this past saturday and head coach john hickey was pretty uh concise with his uh feelings on social media after that one we got hammered he said yeah i uh it's true they absolutely mm-hmm. got hammered i had a little deeper dive into stat sheet because you know i'm a stat sheet oh, yes. guy and i think you're a stat sheet guy is too we're always digging for box scores you look at some of the things that you usually look for in the stat sheet turnovers were pretty close um, rebounds were, there was a little margin there, but when you're missing more shots, the other teams probably got, you know, a better chance at the defensive rebound should have. And yep. if you're, if they're playing halfway good defense uh, at all, um, Stu had more shots in total. Um, the big difference was shooting percentage, both, you know, just regular two point field goals and three point field goals, just a tremendous gap between what went in and what didn't go in. Um, that gym is uh, Mount St. Vincent. It's a tough gym. It's a small barn. The benches are almost on the floor. Um, you know, it's, it's we've talked a little bit about playing at the pit where it feels like player yeah. or the fans are looking at you, but it's a different environment at the Mount where it's seating on one side and just not a lot of room. You're out of bounds. There's not much room. So it can really change uh, the way teams approach it. And that's why the Mount has been fairly successful, uh, men and women, uh, at that at their own gym. Yeah, they, they dealt with the, the pressure from uh, Stu, you know, really, really well, I thought, in that game. And they knocked down the shots. And 
the Tommies didn't knock down the shots. And the UKC game on Sunday... Speaking of small gyms. Uh, speak, speaking of small gyms, uh, it started out that way. In fact, through most of the first quarter, it looked like it, not necessarily a carbon copy of the of the MSVU game. But uh, at one point, and I don't know whether it was something that was said in a timeout or you know exactly what happened, but it looked like that Noah McCarthy just decided that he'd had enough, and he went on a little a little scoring run. Um, seemed like he just knocked down everything that he even had a little look at, and it turned the game around. And of course, um, once that happened, the Tommies just they they overwhelmed UKC, who who had really stuck with them. And and that's a box score again. We look at it close after the first quarter, and the other three, it's like what the yeah. heck happened in yeah. this one? Like <laughs> exactly, basketball is such a game of momentum. Eh? It's Football, you have so many breaks and everything. Hockey, maybe a little bit, but basketball, when that snowball starts going, it can, it can really change either for or against. Yeah, and I've seen enough of that. It's like some teams just, if it was a soccer net, they'd have a hard time putting it in. And uh, But, the, again, the beauty of sports of all sorts. Uh, so, Stu Man, number 10 in the country. Number 10, yeah. So, congratulations to that crew as well. So, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see the recognition from the Atlantic teams as well. And uh, you just keep battling. Uh, you have to because it's, uh, it's a competitive circuit all the way around. And, and the women, uh, same thing from St. Thomas. And just, uh, you know, I think we're probably put on, uh, what is it, uh, wash, rinse, repeat. We'll be having this conversation in January too, how tight things are. Uh, there's, there's no question. Still women. Reverse record of the men, one and three. Uh, they also defeated St. John, uh, UMBSJ here at home. Uh, lost a tight one at Holland College. Lost at UKC and lost a tight one at MSVU uh, as well. Uh, remarkably, and I, I know I asked the blunt question when we had them on in the podcast, you know, where's the scoring going to come from? That's not, that's not the problem. It's, it's the opposite. It's what's usually uh, Coach Connor's team's calling card is they hold teams down. They, the other teams just have a real, real tough time scoring on them. And that's just not the case through the first you know, well, three out of the four games, at, at least, you know, St. John game aside, they're, they're getting scoring from Sterkle, getting scoring from the rookie LeBlanc, who's been amazing. Yeah, she's this. been certainly double-figure yeah. consistent. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I want to say 15 points a game, or yeah. maybe that Sterkle and LeBlanc's 13, something like that. Like, a couple scorers that are right up there early going in the in the top 10. So now it's time to defense. Yeah, I would, I would expect that's, uh, that's what we'll get. Um uh, and of course, leading the women's league in scoring is, uh, you know, of course, another another member of the, the MWBA is Nalini Maharaj out of uh, MSVU. Had a big day on the weekend, and uh, yeah, playing her fifth year, joining Coach Forward. Uh, she certainly had all the skill. There's no doubt about that. She's athletic as the day is long, and uh, she's putting up points. And the mount is what four straight women's titles, right? So no stranger to winning. And they do it in such a nice way, though, don't they? <laughs> in such a nice way. It's got to be the Cape Breton or uh, Mark Forward, there's, you know. Got, there's got to be there's something there. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like... Just, let's come have a cup of tea, you know, you after... Know, and, as, a, as a guy who covers St. Thomas, I always enjoy when, when they come to town, in particular, because you know you're going to get two good games, men's and women, no question, uh, just, just uh, all out. And there's just something about... Uh, St. Thomas MSVU on the women's side, that they just bring the absolute best out of each other somehow. That's all you can ask for. It truly is. And it's. Uh, and I think Mark's had a quality program there for a long time. And, and you know what you're going to get. It's going to be a battle. Yep. You never say, oh, we're playing Mount St. Vincent today, so it's going to be easy. That's 
totally the opposite case. So it usually, when you're a program like that, the opposition usually wants to get up there at that level. Not always easy. That's why they won four straight. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it'll be be a tough battle. It looks like uh, from what I've seen, Holland College has, uh, you know, coming out of the, the Ken Gould, Holland College women have, you know, they've really improved from their showing in the Ken Gould as well. I watched that, that game where they, they played Stu. Um, so Stu men and women home uh, on Saturday evening, uh, six and eight to uh, Mount A. So that'll be another... Another, another good one. That'll be another good one. Noah uh, McCarthy gets to play against Noah his former McCarthy teammates. Gets to play against his former teammates. Um, Grace Tilly has been right. in the lineup now for for Mount A. Um, yeah, because they pulled one out against Holland on the weekend as well. They were down, so uh, that would have been interesting with Mount A with an zero and two start. Yeah, for sure. Um, on that. Uh, so yeah, I think we've covered yeah. college ball now. Yeah. Um, what else have I got written down here? Your 37 pages, yeah, like a Shakespeare 30, 30, novel here. 37 pages of typed up notes. <laughs> I, come um, the back of I, I want to come back to, to basketball at the high school level. We might as well go there now because we're, we're talking hoops. Um, so I see team rosters are starting to be announced. Um, you've told me three things, though, that, about high school basketball that have disturbed me. Uh-oh. Uh, initially, one, I was disturbed, and then I was concerned. And now I might be downright worried after the third thing that you told me. So the first thing you told me about was very low numbers out to FHS for the information session. And I thought, yeah, it's an information session, a little bit, you know, not too bad at that. Uh, And then you told me there's no uh, JV girls team at Leo Hayes High School this year. That's certainly disturbing. That's disturbing. That's not good. Uh, And then you told me about the lack of double A teams. In the province. Yeah, as Ryan Day, had, a longtime head coach down at Fundy, pointed out, like, it's amazing, like, the numbers. And and we can add a fourth to that with, the, and I'll give the Fredericton Fusion uh, Youth Association, which the Fredericton Freeze are affiliated with, tried desperately to get a U16 girls team, desperately. And the numbers just, there were seven registered, uh, which is fantastic, but those seven won't, that wanted to play won't have an opportunity to play now because... That's all they had was was seven. I was doing some work trying to help them get some some exhibition games with teams on the island. And Nova Scotia is chock full of under sixteen teams, but can't worry about places that have teams. Uh, you know where are the girls going? And I, I think this is a story that we're going to expand on as we get into December. Um, it, it, it's a concerning number. And you know if they're if they're playing sports, I think that's great. If they're going to volleyball or or hockey or whatever it is. Um, well, that's okay because they're still active. But if they're not participating in sports, Gibby, at that age, you're not getting them back. If they leave, they're not coming back for the, for the most part. So it, it's discouraging. Um, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people about why. And uh, I don't think anybody has one great answer, like Scott Jones in, in Woodstock, interesting, Jimmy Waters, a, a lot of people that have been around the high school game for a long time uh, have their feelings on it. And Tyler Slip uh, talked about it in one of our first podcasts, uh, you know, the dwindling numbers at that age class, but it, it's disappointing. Yeah, it, it is. It's really disappointing and it's concerning for basketball on all kinds of levels. And it's one that I do, we do want to bring somebody or somebody's on here to chat through that because that's... Because the minor association numbers are pretty big. Right. Like the fusion here in Fredericton is big and there are some other independent organizations that have numbers as well. Um, but... Yeah, when you start, uh, because the the players all go through the same programs, the, the the youth ages, and then it stops at U14, 
So if you don't, what I've found in the past, if, if they're not making their JV team or varsity team or school team, they stop because the, the importance for them to wear that school emblem on, on their jersey is the big thing. So the Fusion, for instance, trying to start that under-16 team, there's no history so it's not like you're joining a program that, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to be with, but that's how you have to get it started. And I, I think that's what I would like to see, certainly. And you know what? Maybe we'll try it in the spring. Maybe the Freeze will have a junior Freeze program through the Fusion for some spring tournaments or something just to get that age group playing. Because, and I could go on for this, I'm kind of passionate about it, the truth be known, because there can be some players that come out of that to play. And I'm sure it's probably the end of the world. Uh, if somebody doesn't make their high school team, Bill, if they if they get cut and don't make it, um, and they just throw in the sneakers and that's it. But at 15 or 14, you're still maturing, obviously, and, and we're seeing that in the MWBA. Uh, a lot of these women at 28 or 29 are <laughs> playing better than they did in the university level. Um, but anyway, it's it's a story for another day, but it it is concerning. It is. We want to, we have to get into, and uh, it's yeah. There's a whole lot to it. I just want to throw this out quickly because it was a random conversation today at lunchtime. Um, and I'm not going to say who it was with because that's neither here nor there. And I haven't asked that person whether I could share the story or not. But I'm going to share the story anyway. Uh, their daughter went to high school tryout, walked in the gym, saw who was there, turned right around and left. was too competitive an environment for them. All they wanted to do was just play ball. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where the youth association can continue because it's not for everybody. Right. It just isn't. And a lot of the physicality um, can, can play a role in it. Uh, intimidation. I, I get that. All of those stories. And that doesn't necessarily just uh, mean that age group. But uh, there has to be a place to play for recreational there, purposes there, too. There, absolutely there yeah. does. And, I, and I've... I've said the same thing, and you know, I'm about baseball and all of those things. I, I see where we stream athletes into, I'll call them elite programs at a, such a young age that, and I've heard hockey parents having the same talk where, you know, it's the same people in the elite streams from when they're little kids to when they're all the way up through, and it just it never, it never changes. And I, I don't know what the issue is. I know when I played. Uh, you know, house was a, was a thing or, you know, you know, and, and those same players were part of those teams. And then that elite team was just picked out of that. And they weren't a separate team sort of just on their own that didn't play against the other players. So I don't know what the solution is there, but well, there's, uh, there's, there's a whole lot that we could, I mean, this is one we could talk about yeah, for weeks and not come to any no, you're right. conclusions and whatsoever. There used to be A, B and C, and that has now taken on a stained connotation. Because A is, you know, and, and I don't even think anybody uses it anymore, A, B, and C, but let's just use that. So if you played B, maybe not that good C, huh? you know, and that's not right. It's and, not right. Because uh, we had, a, back in the old Northside Minor Basketball Association, uh, three players from a C team ended up playing university basketball. And that's amazing. So I think... Don't give up on it, and and I think if we keep talking about it, and, and somebody's going to, it's going to happen. Somebody's going to join a team, and there's going to be ten players. Whether it, the boys, not a problem. You could have rollout basketball and have six teams at that age. Um, but the girls, a little more hesitant, maybe. But uh, I, I hope to see a bunch of trailblazers say, you know what, I'm going to take the fusion up on this, and we're going to play. And who knows what it'll morph into. 
Well, I could count me in for whatever support that. Oh, you'd probably be doing play by play or something. I'm sure you're just. <laughs> you've had me running running a score clock that the buttons don't really work most of the time on. So um, exactly. I'm, I'm sure I can I can manage. Uh, yeah, just you know, turn some, it on. Give me it'll work. Yeah, just give it a, your 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 direction was give it a little slap there if it doesn't turn on. I think and, that worked, and it does work. It, it does work for that clock that you that, that you had me. Um, high school uh, basketball is getting underway. So the first games that I've seen scheduled, uh, AAA girls uh, this Saturday in the 11th at 2, FHS and KV. Uh, November 14th versus Leo Hayes. Um, that's alumni night at FHS. I've seen that advertised. I think even at the uh, UNB Reds game, they had that up on the, on the screen uh, once or twice. And the AAA boys, FHS and Nicole St. Anne on alumni night the 14th as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the local schedules I've been able to find for high school hoops. I do want to give a shout out to Kristen Percy, uh, head coach of Leo Hayes girls, and Charlene Wolliver. So glad to see Charlene back in the mix. Um, she was coach of Leo Hayes a long time, and uh, she's back in an assistant role. I think Jackie Kerr got her out of uh, out of uh, retirement, and I, I, it's funny the small world we live in in Fredericton. I was had an email exchange with Charlene, and then saw her at uh, our car dealership there one day and just got to talk. And then I saw her at the UAB game Saturday. So uh, it's fantastic to see her back out in the mix because she has so much to give, like incredible. Just uh, she was an excellent player and, and, and an excellent coach and, and into the game. Uh, absolutely into the game. She was she was at Woodstock last year. She did, a, did I think, a teaching stint up there just to, right. to check, out, check out Woodstock. And um, I wasn't shocked after, you know, a couple conversations with her. Uh, on the sidelines, you know, uh, I think it might even be during the the Carter Classic uh, last year, where I talked to talked to Charlene. And it, both of those coaches, by the way, Bruins fans. Oh, there yeah, you go. Didn't, know. didn't didn't know that oh, part. Yeah. There's some good oh, that for it. brings them up another notch <laughs> or two, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, so that's high school ho- uh, basketball. Uh, we haven't talked about football yet. Uh, UMB Red Bombers versus Dal Tigers, another Saturday, November 11th, uh, 4 o'clock at BMO for the league championship. Both teams 4-2 and two, uh, in that three-team league. Holland College, the other the Holland other College team is the other yeah. entrant in that, and yeah. I, think, I think they were 1-5, okay. uh, if that math adds up for wins and losses equaling out there. I'm not sure it's that It's a fun does, atmosphere but. to go to the games. It's, uh, you know, it's club sport but a lot of the players have played at, at various levels, uh, be it high school or at other university programs. And it's just, a, it can be a festive atmosphere. Um, do I wish you could tailgate a little more? Yeah. But uh, still, it, it, the, the quality is good. You don't need, you don't, you've, you've, your mistake is asking for permission. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. I did see some tailgating at a game at the uh, Scotiabank Field on the south side on the Grand Harvey side of the parking lot. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Shroud of trees there, you know. Yes. Well, you know, Holland College, um, when I lived over there for a number of years, they had it set up fairly well. They, you know, it was an official tailgating, um, you know, of the, of the non-alcoholic variety, um, I believe, at least from my recollection. And they had the Culinary Institute ah, with a little food, the food truck nice. type deal catering. And it, it tell you, it was... Uh, it was an event. It was an event for sure. First tailgate I ever went to was at Foxborough. Most, and I'm not a Patriots fan, but I was a, I, I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. But they used to be the Houston Oilers, so the Oilers were in. So I finally got a chance to see my NFL team. Showed up in my Ford Ranger at the time with a six pack and two sub sandwiches. 
that was a little embarrassing at the yeah, end. I was going to say, which, <laughs> yeah. which, which part of that is the most embarrassing? <laughs> we got, uh, that didn't last very long because uh, some people saw our patheticness there and said, no, no, you got to join the, yeah. the big ship over yeah, here. Yeah, so. I've made it to one tailgate party and it was in Baltimore, Oof. Uh, Cleveland and, uh, and the Ravens. Uh, the only NFL game I've been to, uh, uh, gosh, early 2000s that was, I want to say like 2000. Six-ish, okay. maybe. Um, Baltimore is an interesting city. Right around there. So, yeah, Ray Lewis was still there. Spent, yeah. spent a weekend in Baltimore. It was uh, okay. was quite interesting. Durham City. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty neat, actually. Uh, set up there, and the tailgate was a you know, f- fantastic oh, yeah. experience. It's a whole just, other level. Uh, just a whole other level that they, that they do there. Um, while we're on football, I think I've deciphered the... Uh, the pack of Skittles colored website that is the high school <laughs> football tracking. That is a tracking. pack of Skittles. Oh, is it, isn't that yeah, something? If you're allergic to colors. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's FHS and Riverview. Again, on November 11th at 6 o'clock, Rocky Stonefield Moncton for the 12-man championship. But if you can figure <laughs> out what it says on that website without 3D glasses on to, to, <laughs> to shade out some of those colors, yep. you're better than I am. That's, That's a tough one to read. You, you click in and you step back yeah, a little oh, bit. It's like, do you ever step back? Yeah, it's like being in Vegas. So I'm pretty sure it is FHS and, and Riverview for the 12-man. Uh, I'm not sure what, what's going on in the 9-man. It didn't look like the website was totally updated on the 9-man side uh, for that. But uh, yeah, coming down to the to the end of uh, uh, end of things there. So that's a lot of what's going on. I've got a few other things uh, to talk about. Um, where do you want to go next? Oh, I think we, we touched on uh, women's field hockey with Team Canada still alive in its bid for 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris. And Marcia Laplante, goaltender for Wasis, uh, backup goaltender. So they uh, they lost in the semifinal. They had beaten uh, host Chile um, along the way, but then lost to them in the bronze medal game. But still finishing top four uh, at the Pan Am game. So they're they're still uh, they're still going. And, and uh, Laplante is a backup to Rowan Harris. She has sixty caps for uh, for Canada. So that's a veteran right there. And, uh, but still the, the hope is alive to, that we can have, uh, a new Brunswicker in the Paris games in, in 24 and that's the Olympics, like 24, like it's, a, it's around the corner, you know? And it's, uh, so it's, it's been fun. It's amazing what happens when somebody from your local area is involved at that level, you're going to follow it. And, uh, so a shout out to her former ho- ice hockey player turned goaltender played goals in field hockey at OHS and. I think we told the story. She was we at Holy did. Cross, and they needed a field hockey tender, so she raised her hand. Lo and behold, yeah, that's that's phenomenal. And looking at twenty-four-two, Max Grant from Fredericton, he's at the University of Alabama. They played some games uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, but they wait until March to really get going. March first and third, they're in Texas. They'll play Indiana, Arizona, and Dallas Baptist. That, that that's going to be a tough battle That'll against Dallas battle. Baptist. Yeah, There's no forward. question. <laughs> I look forward to Alabama against Dallas. So now, will they be Baptist. one of those schools that gets into the MLB uh, spring training with a little bit of action there? Maybe. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that's always cool, isn't it? The Red yeah. Sox always play uh, the university. North, Northeastern, Northeastern is a, a traditional tradition. Yeah, I mean, what a crazy thrill that is! It's always the first game of spring training. Yeah. Um, but still, it's it's an amazing thrill. So yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on Max. Absolutely, we'll keep an eye on Max because he's he's a heck of a ball player. Absolutely. 
Um, what else you got now over there? Now I have visions of spring, like dancing. Yeah, in so my I was head just is, thinking, like you just, they played baseball. I'm looking outside. Wow. And you're not doing that here. No, not for a while. Uh, UNB men winning the AUS cross country title. Uh, so yeah. congratulations to the Reds on that. Emily Doucette, actually, uh, UNB. She won gold. Um, she finished 21st a year ago, Gibby, and uh, and won it this year. So I mean, that's a that's a, that's a big. Step. How, how many people are in those races? There can I? So years ago, when I was writing for the paper, and there used to be a senior hockey owner named Bill Gray, and they were playing at the LBR one night, and he called with a score update, and I said, "How many people there tonight, Bill?" And he said, "Lots." <laughs> So it's it's like a, a start where it's a, it's chaos, but then you know the the cream always uh, rises to the I, top. I mean, that's I, for sure. I picture that's, a start that's smaller yeah. than a marathon, but right, still absolutely. just a big huddle of people huddle that, of that people everyone's taken off. Yeah, and it's just such a you know it, it is a team sport because there's a team championship, uh, but it's an individual sport and just uh, the dedication for that. Because again, we talked. To, I know you had talked about running a five k, but uh, I think it's it's pretty cool. Olivia Bagley, a, a rookie of the year for AUS. And uh, Coach Chris Beloff, uh, Coach of the Year. So just a, a lot of good things happening uh, with Nationals. Uh, that, that happens this weekend as well. Uh, Western University in London is hosting the U-Sport Nationals. So uh, a lot of UMB runners will be there for that. So good luck in that trek. Stay warm. Stay warm. Yeah, you better wear some middies. Um, and, and one other uh, couple of things, too. Uh, um you know, there was a, a UNB angle with Matt Petgrave and that horrible incident uh, in England in the Professional Hockey League where uh, Adam Johnson lost his life with, to a neck injury. And, um, you know, I've been playing that game for a long time. And I went to McDavish's Monday morning, bought a neck guard. And it's you don't think about it like it's a vulnerable area when you're a hockey player. It just is. And the kids that are growing up have to wear them. It's part of it. But I get it's a whether it's an ego thing or a vanity thing, by the time you get to uh, to the NHL, you're not going to wear it. But TJ Oshie did. Uh, I think you're going to see the Providence Bruins all wore them uh, after it happened. And it, it, it's it's always unfortunate that things like that come out after a tragedy. Um, but when I think of you know a bunch of people my age and, and some of the younger leagues around town, you're out on a Tuesday night with nobody in the stand, so it's not a vanity thing. In Bird's Corner. Uh, in Bird's Corner or the York or wherever it is, uh, and it can happen, and there's no help there. No. Like, not at all. Um, so it was, uh, I'd never wore a neck guard in my life. I used to wear a turtleneck back in the 70s. Um, but I took it out of the uh, the box, and I actually reached back in looking for a piece that I thought inserted. It was so lightweight, Kevlar. Um, and I wore it for the first time. Didn't even, I literally didn't even know. So I wouldn't step on the ice without a visor or a mouthpiece. Um, so now it's just another piece of equipment. So um, strangely enough, it wasn't part of the conversation uh, on the weekend in the dressing room. I thought it would be. Um, but it's not also not something a lot of people want to talk about, but it happened. And it was just a, a, a terrible tragedy that happened. So, um, you know, if you're out there skating around, um, you know, maybe think about it, but, but I'm hearing now that it's hard to get them. Um, but McTavish has certainly had them this week. So, uh, great local stores. They were, went well. mandatory in the Maritime League with those. Is that true? You know what? That's a great question. I've never really, because I noticed the, you know, they're bringing in the cages, right? Uh, for, you know, there's a grandfather clause that you can wear a shield if you're, if you're a certain age, but, uh, that's something that I hadn't paid attention and I haven't called a game since the incident. So, I'll have to, or you can look for that Thursday and see. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah, I saw they're, where they are they're... trying to get it in, and it's a matter of supply, and right. that, that's the big thing right now. 
That is the big thing. And certainly I want to offer condolences to the family of Gary Hassan and a lot of people uh, take their gear to sport care. I'm, I was one of them. I've been living in Fredericton for 20 years. I don't know how long I've been going to, to Gary, who passed away unexpectedly. Huge Minnesota Vikings fan. Great story. Grew up in Manitoba. Bud Grant was the coach in Winnipeg with the Blue Bombers of the CFL. And then he went to Minnesota and Gary uh, went over, but just a massive sporting guy. And, um, yeah, just uh, kind of left the pole in the sporting community. So, uh, tough couple of conversations there, but, uh, to the family of Gary, who ran, uh, what he called friendship tournament at the Aiken center in the spring and you registered for it and, you know, you and I could be buddies, but we may not play together. You just went in and you, so you got to meet a whole bunch of new guys and play in a weekend tournament and fantastic organizer, huge hockey pool guy. And, and, uh, you take your skates or your tennis racket over to get it done and just, you'd have a sports conversation. And the walls are surrounded by FHS and Leo Hayes and, and the, the under 18 team calendars and everything like that. And anyway, just a sad, uh, sad loss. Yeah, no, no question. Um, not a hockey player, but sport care, certainly uh, a major factor in the city. And I uh, you know lots of people would. Storytellers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, no question around that one. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough, tough it's conversation, tough. and it and it happened. And I know they had a celebration of life in Oromocto, and I did chuckle at the email went out. It, it I can't remember the time it started, but it let's say three o'clock. They said it's starting at three, and it'll end when we end it. So I'm sure they had a great night in uh, in the city of all those O's. Yes, uh, the town of four O's. Um, so a little more, uh, you know, I guess more uplifting. I met the new uh, um, AD at Stu. Right, you were telling me. Uh, yeah, um, Megan. Who's going to be a future voice. guest, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. She was all on board uh, right away, said she would love to come on and uh, talk sports. Uh, she, too, was off to Nationals uh, this week for soccer. Tommies are hosting uh, this time next year. Right, and that's what you have to do. You have to go the year before just yep. to see all the preparation plans and everything. Yeah, so she was at both the Battle of the Hill and at the women's volleyball match on, I think that was Sunday afternoon I was there yeah. uh, for that one. Um, and, and absolutely, she said she'd be happy to come on and talk. Uh, still in the getting settled, but we'll consider herself settled once she's back from nationals. And boy, I still think that's a soccer nationals here in the middle of November. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you that's have true. There have to be some contingency plans there, wouldn't there? For, oh, yeah, for a couple Speaking of, of potential, tailgating, potential yeah. uh, events, take, wouldn't you? Take your own uh, portable heater with you there, but uh, that's that's when they play it. So away that's, we go. That's when they play. Yeah. And, and of course, happy to host, but... Yep. I'm just thinking, man. As a as an organizer of that, you've you've got to have. You just hope you're looking at the weather place. forecast yeah. for <laughs> well out. Yeah, you want to be a starter too. You want to be yeah, sitting yeah, waiting you, to you, get into the, the well, backup you, tender. You'd, you'd have to think that there's got to be <laughs> oh, yeah, no heaters on the sidelines, yeah. and yeah. and for the folks that are there, you know, the volunteers and the the officials and all the things that go into putting on an event, uh, you have to think that there's got to be provisions that to my knowledge don't exist on yeah, that, that no, field that, now. That to, to keep, but that's all portable stuff. Warm, so. Somebody rents it. Yeah, I, so. I've been to, uh, you know, November football in Calgary and, uh, uh, yeah, it's not something that you show up in a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. Although I do have that on. So uh, well, I can, I'm sure you do. I can, I could see you showing up in that. <laughs> uh, and other, other happier news this week. Uh, I was at, uh, Riverview Ford Lincoln, Kurt Peacock, who, who hit the miraculous hole in one at the, the story DRG. that doesn't end, man. It's I'm a telling story you. that doesn't yeah. end. He finally picked up his Lincoln. Got the keys. Yeah. Finally, finally picked that up. Um, 
And it was the same exact vehicle they had on the course at the hole. He probably was pretty sedate and subdued. Eh? Um, well, you you yeah. met him at the, at, the, at the dinner down there. Yeah. As soon as he pulled in the parking lot, you could see the smile. <laughs> no doubt. No, no. And, you know, absolutely, um, you know, amazing. Um, he went on a 10-minute soliloquy that covered everything from thanking the, the sponsors at Riverview for what they did to telling the world's oldest basketball court story, called up David Ganong, uh, who was there and represents uh, world's oldest basketball court. Knows a thing or two about chocolate. Yeah, knows a two, thing or two about chocolate. Called up myself. Yeah. Because um, I was there in a, in a freeze jersey and, right. you know, spoke nicely about the freeze as well. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody talk for 10 minutes without taking a breath, but he did it. He could do it. I, I actually, I, I miss Kurt's writing as well. He was a columnist yep. at, tele, at the Telegraph Journal for a number of years. And of course we know that the change is there, but he was always an entertaining read, very informed and, and had a lot of depth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we hung out with him that Friday night and then the next day all hell broke loose when he <laughs> hits the oh, hole in one. I, and I, it's I, uh, unbelievable. You and, know. Uh, you know, I, I got, to, I was there early. And I got to tell David Ganong the story. So there's somewhere there's video of me and David Ganong standing in front of a, a backdrop with me telling David the story of Kurt's unbelievable hole-in-one. Well, I asked you if you got into the recipe for the chicken bone liqueur well, there with I the holidays think, coming. You, he, he know, didn't, you didn't break uh, that in, eh? No, and I'm not a chicken bone fan, actually. No, no mm-hmm. not, not a... Kurt, yeah, Kurt had the red wrap chocolates, everything in his in his soliloquy going. It was, it was unbelievable. Just an absolute Good amazing ambassador for World's Oldest Basketball Court. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about Kurt and the World's Oldest Basketball Court many times yeah, on here again going forward. Because legendary it's a, status. It's an amazing sure. initiative. And, and that, it'll be the greatest thing that I ever see in my sporting life. I mean, to see a hole-in-one, unbelievable. They're so rare for it to happen. To somebody you know. Uh, to some, to somebody I know yeah. uh, with the yard sale clubs that he was using, the ball he found in the woods. They're so unlikely. You could uh, make like a mini documentary on it. Oh, no doubt. I, I, I wish I'd had the phone out, uh, you know, recording that. Um, other thing to follow up on, Saturday I went to the Pennyac Power Fest. You did, and I have pictorial proof. Yes. Like, uh, I'll give you all the credit in the world. Give me, like, you, you know, Katie Butts was on with us, I think, our second episode, the UNB uh, basketball player, and she worked for Provincial Tourism uh, this summer. I think you and her could start a business, just uh, you don't mind getting out and about. Man of the people. Uh, I, I try to get out, and then, of course, lots of friends in Pennyac, and right. uh, I, would, I don't want to say it was a homecoming, but I'm not from I'm not from Pennyac, right. but a number of relatives there. Uh, I get to spend some, some time with them. So tell, like, give me... Like an example of what one of the competitions you watched. Uh, so the first competition I watched uh, was firewood sawing. So there was a handsaw, like a carpenter's handsaw. Uh, and it was sort of two competitors going head to head. Uh, and they had a time limit. And they had to cut, um, you know, these uh, these logs to a certain length. Um, and the number of, uh, you know, the one who had the most cut uh, out of the, all the competitors at the at the end of the event, Did you got, get any firewood out of it? Got them all. I didn't get any firewood. I wasn't I wasn't that smart. They had a little <laughs> fire going on site. No I doubt. think that's probably where the firewood went. Right. Um, and absolutely amazing it was Clayton Bino who won it. He won Congratulations, it, Clayton. Despite not having a single piece of firewood in the very first event, qualify. He cut them all too long. <laughs> I think he had the most cut. <laughs> but he had them all cut too long. too long. He was sort of one of the well, organizers, and they had changed fixed. they had changed the measurement from sixteen down to twelve. He missed that meeting, and he somehow he forgot about that, and he <laughs> cut them at sixteen. 
Um, tractor pull was another okay. event that I watched. So like, I had, had an old Massey Ferguson. Somebody pulling a tractor or a tractor pulling? No, no, them, them pulling the tractor. So, wow. um, you know, with the harness on, they, had, they had a pickup truck with a rope attached to it at the other end that they were using to pull, okay. a, pull against as well. Uh, it was an old school tractor. And uh, let me tell you, some of those fellows could rip that tractor across the parking lot in wow. pretty good shape. Uh, firewood relay. So they had to you know, get a wheelbarrow, uh, get it over to the pile of wood, fill it full, go out around an obstacle course, bring it back, stack it back neatly, put the wheelbarrow back, timed event. Of course, uh, they had a, a fire and water boil. So you had to start a fire, boil the water, and the one that got the fastest time to do that. It was a, it was a fabulous little event. Wow. Uh, the type of event that makes rural communities, communities. in New Brunswick, yeah. th- those okay. special things. Right. Uh, they had a canteen going with yep. some of the best looking burgers and, and fries and poutine. I didn't have any. I didn't indulge. Okay. Because, uh, you know, that 5K. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. They were working for that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It and, might. Never say never. I yeah, know it might happen. Um, <laughs> anyway, there was, a, there was eight, eight of Pennyac's finest uh, were, were in there, um, you know, ranged in age. The pace was what got me. I was there for the first half of it, saw the first five events. It was under an hour. That's what you want, too. You don't want yeah. to be hanging around all day. But like, going imagine these, these competitors. The first thing you're doing is sawing wood. The next right. thing you're doing is pulling, pulling a tractor. And then you're doing the, the firewood thing and the firewood throw. So they had firewood. You had to throw it over a bar. And all like uh, you know, mm-hmm. like a strong man would throw a stone or something over. Right. Yeah, they're doing it with firewood. Um, so just you know, un- unbelievable uh, to see uh, that event, and, and it was great, a whole lot of fun. I thought folks would be, uh, uh, you know, would be uh, interested. Just that existed, and, and I'm not sure I said this or not. 150, 200 or so people yeah. there. I, I, I would, that I, is I something would that could grow, away eh? Because community, we're looking for that sense of community. We truly yeah. are. It's a, things are going a thousand miles an hour. But if you can go out there on a beautiful fall Saturday, throwback uh, competition, things like that, and as Dixie Lee, our sponsor, said off the top, sports of all sorts. Well, and, way and, to go. And, and let me tell you, tailgating wasn't wasn't a worry there. Wasn't the, I bet you it wasn't. That kind of takes me back to ESPN when it first started and had all those crazy sports and everything on there. You know, like log rolling and all that before they started to get the pro contracts. But I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. You went live on the scene. Yeah, well, of course you had to had to get out and see yeah. that. I mean, I I knew some of the folks who were in it, and I knew there'd be lots of people out around, and it was a beautiful day on perfect on Saturday to be out for that as well. well um, that's the stuff I had other than sort of what we're, what we're up to. Do you have anything else you want no, to talk just, about? Uh, as I said, hoping to get uh, Tom Coolin on next Tuesday, if we can arrange the, the time change and, and the location and everything to, to get Cooley to call in. Um, just, I, I think we covered a, a lot going on. Uh, I think the, the stories are so much fun when you find out about somebody like Sarah Glenn and playing pro volleyball and, and, and other things that are going on around us um there's so much going on and if if you have something that you want featured or you think is of interest uh to our podcast late scratches at outlook.com will get you uh in touch with us and it, it doesn't hurt we are looking for guests we have i know you've got a library of, of potential yeah, we, guests we've, coming we've up. got a we've got a list and i know um our intention was to have a guest this week and then we put together some notes and we kind of Virtually looked at each other and said, "If we have a guest on, we we're, we're going to need yeah, three hours because right. we're we're Extended you know we're just over the magical hour mark yep. here now." I think um, we I think we did uh, some justification of the week that was. I and, think uh, we did uh, justification, and your your week coming up, you've got the Red Wings on Sunday versus on Picto Sunday, County. Picto's in town uh, Sunday afternoon at two. And, you've got them Thursday night. 
Um, Anything else on your agenda? Oh, boys, I'll probably be at the Curry Center. Uh, who knows where I'll be um, this week, so, somewhere around. And it was so good, even though we had our grandson with us and uh, just a little over two years old, so the attention span of, you know, uh, not much. But just getting to the game Saturday and seeing so many people, it's like old home week, you know, from Joyce and Dick Slip, poor Dick. Bills lost again. That's why I haven't heard from Tyler in two weeks. His out of office was on, uh, so that's that's the stress. But just seeing any time I get to see Joyce and Dick, it's a good time. Uh, Kristen, Charlene, uh, and Aaliyah Bowers, Megan are just all with their kids, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. To, to Paul Fudge, who I didn't even realize was coaching at Fundy High, was up had his girls oh, from Fundy High. I didn't know he yeah, was I coaching took over either. for yeah. Coach Day, and uh, he had his girls up for some training. And, and Aaron Ingles, of course, uh, plays for UMB, played for Fundy, so. Just uh, really good uh, to, to see that many people out. And uh, uh, again, we talk about Pennyac in the sense of community. Well, that's what sports does too. It just brings it, it, a sense it of is, community. Absolutely. So you already mentioned my week this week. Uh, Thursday, I've got the Red Wings. Uh, Saturday, Stu Basketball at home against Mount A. Uh, Sunday, Stu Volleyball um, at home against Crandall. So my, my seat in the, in the pit there will be my privileged perch. Uh, it'll be warm all weekend long well, with me in it, I, I think. That's why you love doing the freeze games, because you're right on the floor. I do. The chair's a little yeah, more comfortable, too. the chair's too. much yeah. more comfortable, yeah. 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 Um, so that's, uh, that's what's up with me. The other thing I had uh, noted here, um, not on my radar to go at the present time, but uh, are you taking in any of the Atlantic Slam tournament in Moncton basketball? Yeah, we're planning to go up, actually, uh, hopefully on the Friday. Okay. Uh, that's what the plan is right now, the NCAA, uh, the games that are coming. Uh, so looking forward to that. I haven't been in the Avenir Center yet, so uh, that'll be a treat. Also, it's a little bit of uh, out of our radius, but uh, longtime old friend of mine, Gordy Clark, out of St. John, being inducted into the American Hockey League Hall of Fame, and uh, he was my absolute uh, local idol growing up. Gordy played professional hockey in the Bruins organization. He's still with the Rangers now, has been for a long time in management. So, uh, Gordy, I know you're not listening in New York City right now. But uh, I just want to congratulate you. And uh, we have listeners from New York. Well, that's true. I can, that's I can true. Track right. That, so we yeah. don't know who's so, listening well, from where. But. Clarkie had one of the outside of Ivan Votor, who we mentioned earlier, two of the best mustaches in the business. Legendary stashes. Just a quality individual still is. I called him when I was in New York uh, a couple of years ago, looking for tickets, and he goes, "You call me out of the blue, and the Islanders are in town. What do you think?" So okay, nice talking <laughs> to you. Uh, so the four teams in that: the Weber State, Colgate. Uh, Gardner Webb and Yale. Somehow they got four teams in, and two of them have the Bulldogs nickname. Bulldogs, that's not easy to do with no, all that. No, it's not, uh, not easy to do right. with all that variety. Yeah. Mike Milbury, a proud yeah. graduate of Colgate, if you're keeping score there, of there alum. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I don't have anything left, but I do that's have it. five snappers for you. Oh, we're turning the shoe. Well, I think we're going to turn the shoe around ah. here. Oh, I, I love being surprised. So this will be interesting, and I can almost feel my face getting a little embarrassed because I don't know where you're going. No, yet, you have no idea where I'm going. No, so you, you, Most days, don't know where I'm um, going. This time. All right, this all is right, fun. Here we go. The best name in sports, either team or individual. Oh, the best name in sports. Like I can't really – I love the fact that the Astros are the Houston Astronauts, but shortened uh, – two Astros most people wouldn't know that I think some of the minor league uh, ball teams like the uh, Yard Goats the Binghamton Yard Goats who I saw last spring um, I really like that one Um, so I'm not a traditionalist like the Canadians or the Maple Leafs or the Patriots or anything like that so 
I do like the Argoats, and one of my all-time favorites is a team that doesn't even exist anymore is the Arkansas Glacier Cats of the ECHL. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, that's one I hadn't heard that's before. A, I did, yeah. did know the Yard Goats. Yeah. Glacier Cats is new for me. Yeah. Great logo, too. This, this one a little deeper. Uh-oh. Uh, someone's coming into Brunswick, a visitor that you know, they've got time to take in one sporting event. What do you tell them to go see? Ooh. One sporting event, and they're coming in, and I get to go with that person? Sure. I, it's You've known me a, a few years, and <laughs> very uh, not very often am I tongue-tied. So it's a Friday night. I'm probably going, if I can go anywhere, okay, I'm probably going to Bucktoosh or Elsa Bucktick and watching a senior hockey game in that league. Um, Miramichi maybe on a Friday night and join some friends in Rum Row at the Civic Center uh, when the Northmen are in because that is fun. Okay, that's good, yeah. And as long as I don't have to drive home that night. So I'm, oh, I'm going sounds. to Miramichi to see a senior game on Friday night with my friend who's coming in. Good deal on the travel lodge up there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> with a new pub and restaurant. Yes, yeah, with a new there pub and restaurant. There we go. <laughs> To sponsor late scratches. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's sponsor alert. Sponsor All right. Alert. So that, that's two. Oh, wow, that was a good late, one, Gibby. Late snappers. That There's another another one. This one might get, might make you think. Nice. One advantage Fredericton has over St. John. Uh, probably the insurance um, premiums when the sidewalks roll up in Fredericton at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Can I say that? Um, one advantage Fredericton has is, is absolutely uh, the summer weather. And I'm not a heat person. I still seek refuge in my basement or poolside. Nobody wants to see that. But um, when I do go home, and I still call it home, sorry, um, and it's, you know, the proverbial 29 degrees when I leave my driveway, and by the time I'm past Petersville Hill, it's 16, right? So uh, that that's a major advantage. I do, I do like the weather here. The winners I, are a little I, I had to get something out of you there <laughs> yeah, for, exactly. for an advantage. I like the sidewalk joke, though. I wasn't the originator of that either. But And that is one, every time you go, if you go see Jim Cuddy or Blue Rodeo, they always tour in the winter, and they always play at the Playhouse. And I love Blue Rodeo and Jim Cuddy, and Jim Cuddy will always make a comment on the sidewalks, not about them rolling up at 7, uh, just about the slush in the winter. Yes. And it's guaranteed. So I hope to see them again just so he can say that again. Yeah, they're, they uh, they put on a great show. They put on and have for a long time. I think I know the answer to this one. I'm going to ask you anyway. Your favorite Bruin of all time? Mm. Um, I grew up in the Bobby Orr, Phil Esposito era. Um, you know, but it, it's funny because I was actually in the Canada-Russia movie. I was Phil Esposito's body double because I skated like Espo, like that lumbering style. So my favorite player of all time, and that's a really tough question, um, who I played nothing like, but was Rick Middleton. And he did things on skates. And it's too bad because you have so much footage these days. The stuff from the 70s and 80s looks like it was filmed in 1875. Uh, But there is a couple of montages of Middleton out there and the ability for him to take um, his feet to move the puck to his stick. You'd think he was going to fall over, but I absolutely... uh, uh, just watched him as much as I could. And I was at Boston Garden, the old Boston Garden years ago, covering the 1988 Stanley Cup final, the blackout game against uh, Edmonton. And I was in an elevator prior to the blackout with Terry O'Reilly, which was pretty intimidating because his head is bigger than my body. 
And after the game, when they when the lights finally come on, in an elevator with Rick Middleton. Wow. Tongue tied. Really was just a cool guy. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. not that's not the answer expected. I, yep, I, I nope. was I was expecting Cam Neely. Yeah, uh, Neely, and I mean, you can ask Tori, uh, our youngest daughter. Her middle name is Neely, right? Um, that's why I was expecting yeah, Neely. Yeah, and there. it's uh, and he has. I mean, if you're a Bruins fan, Cam Neely was something else. But uh, yeah, Tori to this day will say like, why, why? Out of all the names, you named yeah. me after a hockey player. But uh, and Patrice Bergeron too, right? Like, how do you not like Patrice Bergeron? But Rick Middleton. So that, that's, that's a long way to get to that story. That it, it, it was written. It is a long way. So that, yeah, and on my sticks, I just lost my voice there. For years, I always had the number six. I didn't wear number sixteen, but I always had sixteen on the on my on my stick. Interesting. Hmm. So I got. You should be in the Hall of Fame too. Absolutely, should, should be in the, the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Uh, so I got two questions here. I'll go with the easier of the two, or the, the less serious. <laughs> I like of the easy. Two. Um, what's your favorite jersey color combo don't have to give me a specific team but what colors do you like together on jerseys well i'll tell you this so i created the freeze and i was going to go with my favorite color combination which was the color combination of the senior triple a st john thundercats from years ago orange purple and black black predominant orange and purple were the uh, were the offset colors and uh, that's my ultimate go-to three colors. Orange is my favorite color, not because I'm an Astros fan, uh, but orange, purple, and black. Any combination of that, I'm in. Okay. Orange, and the freeze, and the freeze were almost. Is that. there an example I, of an orange, purple, and black jersey? Uh, the, uh, used to be uh, the Philadelphia Phantoms, the American Hockey League. The Flyers affiliate had that color combination. They did have that color combination. Yeah, but the Thundercats uh, and the Thundercats jerseys in the New Brunswick Sports Hall of Fame. There you go. Might be in storage right now, but uh, Allen Cup, uh, Allen Cup uh, team, and yeah, just great color scheme. Color scheme. Excellent. So there, I did yeah. turn the tables on you, you successfully. Did. That brings us to the end of episode nine. Unbelievable that we've been here yes, for nine, nine episodes, and they keep bringing us back. They just just uh, keep coming back, and great feedback. Um, as you say, we think we've got a guest lined up, and you've already yep. sort of given that away. Um, and we're trying to get that in next week, which that'll be a fun conversation as well. Uh, talk a little more hockey. We definitely want to get into that high school basketball story right. uh, for sure. And, some other and that'll certainly well. be timely. And, and, and speaking and, of basketball too, Jen Lloyd, uh, the new president or commissioner, sorry, of the Maritime Women's Basketball Association, the reaction to that was swift and, and so positive. Like she's a remarkable individual who has friends everywhere. And uh, the MWBA did a good job um, oh. with, with her coming on board. And Annalie LeBlanc, 23 years old, uh, from Moncton, worked for the Canadian Elite Basketball League this year in marketing, and she's the vice commissioner at 23 and just full of ideas. Hard to keep up with that energy. So congratulations to both of them. Yeah, uh, congratulations and, uh, you know, great on the league for for those uh, successors in, in very key roles for sure. Absolutely. And, and, uh, looking forward to working with both of them. Absolutely, looking for big things out of that league next year. Anything else that we? I think we you're good. Get? We've exhausted it, and I'm sure people are getting ready to head for the the chips and dip. Yeah, after the the uh, orange, purple, and uh, black, black. That's, uh, that's attack. It is a good one. All right, folks. So uh, that's it for this episode. Come on back again uh, in a week or so. We'll have another episode posted for you. Uh, for Brad Janes, I'm Bill Gibson. Thanks for tuning in to Late Scratches. Regional Service Commission 11 is now known as the Capital Region Service Commission. For all your building or subdivision permits, regional transportation, social mandates, and economic development questions, visit capitalrsc.ca. 
That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L-R-S-C dot C-A. Email info at C-R-S-C dot C-A. Call 506-453-2956 or visit our office at 860 Prospect Street in Fredericton. Late Scratches is the podcast that sports fans are talking about in the greater Fredericton area. Stories, features, and special guests are filling the gap for what's happening in your favorite sport around the region. If you want to advertise in this medium, now's your chance. You can sponsor a show or have a 15-second commercial on Late Scratches, your stop for Fredericton and area sports stories. Email latescratches at outlook.com for details.